the King and Drake or Jay and Waddle right now. And I would say we are 17 days, 17 away from Alabama's season opener to start the 2022 campaign against Utah State. And everybody pumped up, excited, chomping at the bit. Football season right around the corner. It's right here upon us. And you're rocking and rolling here on a Wednesday. Hottest show on the streets talking your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Uh, we're bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. Streaming this to you through YouTube. And you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button right now on the channel. Smash, subscribe, get your friends, family members, diehard Bama fans, casual Bama fans, casual sports people to subscribe because if you love the content, they will want to be a part of it also. Don't forget to like the show. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Run those likes up. Make this your show, your network channel, platform, and space to get all of your crimp, uh, all of your crimson tide alerts information there turn all those notifications on hit that little bell so that way you miss absolutely nothing on what's going on with your favorite program that being Bama football we also got you covered on Facebook and Twitter as well streaming to you this show we got a great one today outstanding one a little bit later on the show we'll talk with the man justin smith the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for tda on you know where is bama sitting right now you look at defensive lineman keon keely in terms of his recruitment among other things where this 2023 class is concerned but we want to hear from you the lively the passionate the fun bunch the entertaining people of being the Crimson Tide football fan base. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you. And one more time, 205-448-1358. That daily Super Chat Go, $75. Daily Super Chat Go. Appreciate the support coming from all of you. But we're going to get into now. The first topic of conversation, folks, and that is there's so much buildup to the season. There is so much excitement, so much anticipation, so many things that U.S. fans and all of us as consumers of Alabama football, we want from this team in this upcoming season. And I was thinking about this last night. When there's been buildup and a lot of it, when there's been excitement and a lot of it for an upcoming Alabama football season, Crimson Tide usually responds quite well to the buildup. And normally it responds to the national championship in that buildup. And I'm just reminded of different years as they're now on screen. Uh, when you look at you know, 2009, you know, 2011, 2015, 2017, 2020, those are so much buildup. For those seasons, like U.S. fans are just so amped, so excited, just so ready to go to get to those particular seasons because you felt as a fan something special, something remarkable is going to happen, is going to take place here where Bama football is concerned. Case in point, you know, 2009, right? 2008, you know, Alabama got to the SEC championship. You know, people thought it was Bama a little bit too early getting there with Coach Saban. 
you had guys that knew they were talented enough, just didn't quite have that belief that they could take down Florida. The very next year in 09, U.S. fans were going, we got to get back there. Can't wait to face Florida. We, we know we got the team. We know we can get back there. There was just so much juice, so much electricity, so much energy coming from you, the fans, and just your excitement for that 09 season because you thought this is the team that's going to get Alabama back to being on top where Bear Bryant had it in the 60s and 70s and Gene Stallings had it in 92 and Wallace Wade had it in the 1920s and 30s and Frank Thomas had it in the 30s and 40s. Like We're, we're, we're going to get back there in that 09 season. And what happened? Alabama got back there, ran the table, won undefeated, perfect national championship season because there was so much excitement, so much buildup going into that year. I look at 2011 the same way. 2010, you know, U.S. fans were disappointed. It was, you know, how could Alabama lose three games in 2010? How could it lose to South Carolina and Steven Garcia? What? How could it lose to LSU? Huh? Uh, how could Cam Newton come back and win at Bryant? Didn't, it, it, it just didn't feel right. And I understand that Alabama had lost several players off that 19 several leaders to the NFL draft. And, you know, levels of complacency had set in. But 2011, there was just so much buildup where you knew what you had on defense coming back. You were really excited about that. And then uh, – when the tornado came in April of that year, it was, okay, now we got to win. We got to win to restore the city. We got to win to give the people hope. We got to win to, you know, put Tuscaloosa and surrounding cities in the state back where they need to be. And there was buildup for that 11 season. And what happened, you know, even with the 9-6 to loss to LSU, Bama ran the table got back to the national championship and handled LSU, shutting it out 21-0 in New Orleans. Then I look at the 2015 season and the buildup there. I mean, 2013 and 2014, Bama, no national championship in either season. And here comes these newspapers, these uh, national reporters with, okay, Saban's done. It's over. We've never seen Saban go back-to-back years with no ring. We've never seen Saban go back-to-back years. No national championship. It's over. Stick a fork in Bama. They're a burnt chicken. They're cooked. They're done. And what does Saban do? Even with the loss to Ole Miss, runs the table with Derrick King Henry and other guys, especially guys in that defense, they get to the national championship and win. Why? The buildup from U.S. fans, the energy going to that season. 2017, there was a lot of energy. 2016, or Alabama had the most entertaining defense that year. It didn't yield a national championship, but still entertaining nonetheless. What happens 2017? You ask the fans, so excited, you know, you got Jalen Hurts, you got this hot shot freshman, Tua Tagovailoa, and all these other freshmen, Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, uh, Henry Ruggs. My gosh, my gosh, look at these young kids. Look what they got on the field here. And the guys on defense, well, so much energy infused. 
Alabama, even with the loss to Auburn in the Iron Bowl, didn't keep it from getting into the college football playoff and winning the national championship. And then 2020, oh, man, the energy. Oh, man. I mean, 2020, 2018 and 2019, no national title. Tua Tonga Valoa gone. Many people thought, Mac Jones, the three-star? A kid from Florida? What are he going to do? Isn't he the one that lost Bama to Iron Ball with them two pick sixes in 2019? And then he had the coronavirus pandemic that we were wondering, is there even going to be football? Is football going to be a thing? Is that even going to be played? And what happens, you not only got, got a football season, but you got one of the most exciting football seasons of Alabama history. We saw Mac Jones go from being three-star to setting records, becoming a Heisman finalist, becoming a first-round top 15 draft pick. We went from, is Bama going to have a football season to Devontae Smith's the Heisman Trophy winner. And there was so much buildup, excitement going into 2020, and we saw the result of that. This upcoming season, folks, there is just so much excitement when you talk to Alabama fans. It's, you know, Saban going to get back there after falling short to Kirby Smart back in January to end last season. Saban's going to get back there. Saban ain't done yet. You got so many people wondering because the question's being thrown out there more and more. Is Saban going to retire? Is he finally going to retire? Is he going to bow out gracefully? And Saban's answered the question time and time again. I'm not retiring. I don't want to retire. I love what I do. Enjoy what I do. Passionate about what I do. There's just a lot of excitement going into this year. U.S. fans wanting to know, you know, can Bryce Young become the first player to go back-to-back Heisman Trophy since Archie Griffin? You know, can Will Anderson break the Derek Thomas record of 27 sacks? That has stood since 1988. And uh, if he were to average three sacks a game this season, he can get that. You know, U.S. fans wondering, you know, offensive line, what's that, what's that going to look like? Defensive line, does Bama got those animals? Um, you know, secondary, what's the secondary going to look like? Just a lot of uh, buildup, just a lot of excitement, just a lot of energy. Coming into this season, Saban going after national championship number eight overall, seventh during his time at Alabama. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go to a break right here, folks. When we get back, we're going to sit down with my man Justin Smith to talk this 2023 class. Get the popcorn going. Pop up you a can because we're going to be back on In My Own Words. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama team paper. 
which is a video yearbook they put out for sale direct to fans. Now, for the first time, small dollar purchases from the fans can support the players as a group as well as a great cause because $1 of every subscription payment is donated to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Be a five-star fan base and support your team and a great cause with Team Paper. Check it out at teampaper.com slash Alabama. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and... Ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes, making memories from scratch. All right, people, we're back into the action from the break. Hottest show in the streets. Talking your Crimson Tide football news in my own words. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. For all of you that that have called in, hold through to the next segment. We're going to get your calls. Just hold through to the next segment because we definitely want to hear from you. Got to shout out the man, Coach Smoke, a.k.a. Senator Hines with that $2 donation. The Super Chats, appreciate the man, Coach Smoke, helping us out here, dancing, Stephen, on the desk, doing his thing right there. And uh, we go to the phone. We go to the In My Own Words hotline. We pick up the man on a mission here, getting the analysis on everybody in this 2023 recruiting class and beyond, that being Justin Smith of Touchdown, Alabama Magazine, lead scouting and recruiting analyst. Justin, what's happening, my man? Not much, Stephen. Like always, I always stay excited to be on to talk about some recruiting news. Absolutely fun to get into that recruiting information because that's what the fans want to know is who are the next guys coming to Tuscaloosa. So, Justin, I remember you talked about on the process two young men in particular, uh, James Smith, a freakish defensive lineman, and Quay Rusal, who is his teammate at Carver High School. You mentioned that these two are a package deal. If you want to get if you want to get both of them, you got to get one, and if you can get one, the other may follow suit. Uh, how do you see this between Smith and Russell as a package deal, these two dynamic uh, defensive linemen here from Carver High School? Well, this does look like a pretty solid package deal. I know we've heard guys say this in the past, and a lot of times it has not come to fruition. But this, this, this package deal looks really serious just based on how close they are in terms of their personal relationship. Also, they go to the same school. A lot of a lot of prospects in the past have said this. They were not even going to the same high school, but these guys go to the same high school with James Smith, transferring back to Carver Montgomery for his senior year. If you go on these guys' Twitter profile, they each have one or another as their co- cover um, picture, and I think that just shows the um, type of relationship they have. And they spend a lot of time around each other. Of course, they go to the same school, play on the same football team, and also train at the same training facility under the same um, training coaches at Madhouse Training in Montgomery, Alabama. So they definitely have a close relationship, at least their top six. Both of them have the same schools listed, um, with them being considered a package deal at the moment. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, you have Alabama State in the mix as well, as well as the Auburn Tigers. Um, things look to be 
say pretty close at the moment. I think Todd are in a really um, good position, just some interesting teams in the mix, like I said, on the latest episode of the process. I feel that I feel that um, just looking at their recruitment, it's very similar to another guy who Madhouse training trained in the Montgomery area in the last recruiting cycle in Curtis Perry. He was looking at pretty some similar schools. You can take a look at Auburn, Ohio State, Indy Crimson Tide, um, heading to the end of his recruitment. Both of these guys could wait all the way to National Signing Day, which is what Curtis Perry did as well. So things could get inter- really interesting um, throughout the season. We'll see how many times the Crimson Tide are able to get these guys on campus for games and possibly official visits before they make decisions. I am definitely looking forward to watching both of them in action this upcoming season in terms of their skill set. I think James Smith is one of the more complete defensive linemen in this 2023 recruiting class. I think he has an opportunity to make an immediate impact no matter which school he chooses. I think he's going to show a lot of his game on this upcoming season at Carver Montgomery High School. Just shows the ability to brush from different spots all across the defensive front, show off his quickness for a guy his size, which is really impressive, and show off the thing that is, that is I think, the biggest strength is the physicality that he plays the game with. You also have Prey Russo, who's a versatile defensive prospect who could have been inside linebacker who – the Crimson Tide are most likely recruiting him for at the moment. He said in the past that they will most likely want him to play inside linebacker, but he's a guy who has experience rushing off the edge, being a um, physical edge rusher. So we'll see what position he plays at the next level. But the Tide are in a good position with both of these guys um, right now. But like we have seen in the past, specifically in this 2023 recruiting class, looking at in-state guys, you have to finish the job. You can be in a good position, but you have to finish the deal, close the deal, to land these guys, um, no matter where you stand at, at one point in their recruitment. So, Justin, and, and, and I, I've always said this. I've always talked about I dabble in recruiting. I know enough to formulate a conversation, but you study this. Like, you track this. You eat, sleep, breathe this. So, uh, to you here, is it unfair for people to uh, kind of uh, – criticize or judge uh, Freddie Roach as Alabama's defensive line coach when you talk about the recruiting circuit and, uh, you know, Peter Woods, top in-state guy, didn't choose Alabama straight off, chose Clemson. And then you look at four-star Kelby Collins, of whom Alabama was in position for, you know, but he chooses Florida. And you get a lot of fans that wonder, okay, why is Alabama not getting these top elite, you know, marquee defensive linemen, defensive tackles? Is there something that Coach Roach is not doing? Uh, is it fair to, you know, criticize? Is it fair to judge Coach Roach on, uh, you know, not being able to get some guy Guys that people feel like Alabama should be getting. Um, I think if you if you want to judge him, um, I'm pretty, in my opinion, it is fair game if that is the way you want to see things because he is the lead recruiter. Um, for um, mo- a lot of in-state guys, specifically along the defensive line. So if you if if you feel um that you are not satisfied with the job that he has done, you're definitely um it, it's definitely fair game if you want to criticize him, but I think he has done a really good job building a relationship with guys. He has helped the Crimson Tide land some pretty um, top, pretty high-ranking recruits in this 2023 recruiting class so far. Unfortunately, he has missed out on some guys as well, but it is not like he's doing a 
terrible job building a relationship with these guys just based on what they tell everyone, every reporter, including me. They speak highly on the relationship that they have with Roach, constantly staying in contact with them, which is what is most important when it comes to assistant coaches recruiting. So just based on what I know um, parents have told me and what recruits have told me, um, he's done a great job building relationship with those guys, but unfortunately it is not um, led to them committing to the Crimson Tide. When you take a look at Woods and Collins, um, both of those guys um, have been pretty open about them growing up. Alabama fans and their parents have been getting recruited by Alabama and Freddie Roach has recruited those guys' parents too. I specifically Kelby Collins. I know he talked a lot about how Freddie Roach is in constant contact with his parents. So it is definitely fair game if they want to um, criticize him just because of the fact he is the main recruiter for – he was the main well, – will continue to be the main recruiter for Kelby Collins and also um, Peter Woods. The Crimson Tide continue to recruit those guys for those guys' shows to go elsewhere. But he has done a really good job on the recruiting trail, landing other guys like Tony Mitchell. You have Jaleel Hurley, um, Young's at Pierre. Taking a look at the 2024 class, he had a huge role in the Crimson Tide picking up Jalen and Falkway. He's going to be a five-star recruit in this 2023-2024 recruiting class in the future. So um, he has hit on some. He has missed on some. But I think he's still a um, pretty good recruiter. Um, take a look at any recruiting rankings. When you take a look at coaches, he's going to be one of the best in the nation. Um, could be the top in the nation. Just taking a look at what he has helped the Crimson Tide bring in. Unfortunately, um, Kelby Collins and Peter specifically for the woods are two big misses inside of the state so it is fair to judge them we're talking with our own justin smith the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for touchdown alabama magazine if you're just checking us out here on a wednesday so just as we now flip this to keon keely who uh five-star defensive lineman Right now, a Notre Dame uh, guy, Notre Dame commit, a Notre Dame commit here. W- where does Alabama stand in, uh, you know, potentially, possibly flipping him, uh, potentially, possibly, you know, making him the next guy, you know, in this class? As we stand right now, where is Alabama and Keon Keeley's recruitment? Yeah, I think the child is still um, in a good position, solid position. Um, I guess it all depends on if he if, if he would um, decommit or flip. That's something everyone is keeping their eyes on. I think this is one of those recruitments where I, where I've talked about on this show in the past. Decommitment season is coming up. It's, it usually happens in the middle of the season when certain teams, um, seasons are not going on right and some coaches get on the hot hot seat and just taking a look at Notre Dame. They have a new um, head coach now. Um, things there are some question marks around their program. It'll be interesting to see how things get off. And if they do get off to a bumpy start, take a look at the fighting Irish's upcoming season. We could see them in trouble on the recruiting trail right now. I think they are in a good position to have a um, solid class, to have some good commits at the moment. But things could change if things don't get out to a hot start, hot start for the fighting Irish with them um, being under a new regime. So that is something to pay attention to when it comes to Keon Keeley's recruitment and a lot of guys' um, recruitment um, who are verbally committed to schools who may not get off to a great start on um, this upcoming season. So the Todd are in a good position with them after hosting him. Um, they were um, always a favorite, even when they offered them, got him on campus, um, a, I think a couple of weeks later, um, to take an unofficial visit. He said he loved the program in terms of what they do for their players on and off the field. So the, the Crimson Tide will 
or all or always the favorite have the team to be the favorite to um land him if he decommitted from the fighting hours or possibly flip, flip him. I think they still remain um that favorite, but we'll see how he handles his recruitment if he backs off his pledge, if he decides to take another visit to Alabama during the season. I think that will help the Tide's chances as well. You heard him right here, folks, the living legend himself when it comes down to Bama on the recruiting front. Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Be sure to check out his show, The Process, every Tuesday and Thursday. Incredible work there from Justin breaking down the tape, watching the film, studying, rating, ranking, scouting, seeing all of these young athletes in games and uh, checking out their commitment on the biggest scale right there. And uh, be sure to check him out on Twitter as he continues to uh, check out these athletes. Justin, as always, we appreciate you, man. You take care. You do the same, Stephen. Always fun having Justin on the show to talk Bama recruiting. But, folks, we're going to go to a break right now because when we get back, it's on you. Ring those phones, light us up. We want your conversations. And they're coming. Oh, yeah, they're coming right after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Boom, baby, we're back in from the break. Hottest show on the streets covering your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got to shout out the man Randy Harris with that $5 donation. The Super Chats, appreciate the love there from Randy helping us out here on the show. And dancing, Stephen, appreciates the love there as well. But... We now get to our favorite time of the show, and it's time to take your phone calls. And those phone calls brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Now we to call in, 205-448-1358. We grab this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name, and where you calling from? What's going on, Steven? It's your boy, Coach Smoot, man. What's good, brother? Doing good, man. Just got a chance to hear from Coach Saban. You know, not disappointed with the team. Not satisfied either, but he listed out, you know, some depth there on the defensive line. Brought up old Jaheim Otis in there. And uh, looking forward to this season. Man, let me tell you, Steven. We, we, our defensive line um, has always led our championship teams. If you, if you go back and look through the history on the Coach Saban, it's always been defensive-led uh, national championship teams. Um, offense in more recent national championships has been a lot more flashy and a lot more explosive than what we've been used to. But anytime Saban has carried a, a top 10, a uh, top 15 
defense statistically mainly um having a top five top ten rushing defense um and you know that that's just proven to be the formula and um even with offenses getting more explosive, our defense has steadily maintained as much as we give as much issues as we give Pete golden. Uh, Pete Golden, first three weeks of the season, always looks kind of kind of iffy. But during the gauntlet, during the stretch of the season, our defense has shown up the last two years. I mean, really shown up, especially especially uh, last year. Um, you know, I, I think we forget that Auburn held our offense scoreless until it was eight minutes left in in the uh, in the fourth quarter, eight eight minutes left in the game in regulation, and. Um, you don't do that when you have three possessions. I think we had, I think it was 12 possessions that up until that point, we had had 12 possessions and we had only given up 10 points. Um, so you don't do that with just, you don't, you don't win that game without a strong defense. Um, and the offense put them in a lot of bad spots. We just, our offensive line was struggling that game and we all saw the game and we ended up winning it. But the defense really won that game, even with Kool-Aid McKinstry at the end making the play. Defense has led us to our national championships. And so for a defense to, to be the talk of our fall camp in spring and to be the talk of everything surrounding Alabama and the offense to be the thing in question with as much talent as we have coming back. And I don't think it we, – we question the offensive line, Stephen, but I don't think it's so much as the offensive line as far as the talent there, the ability there. I think it's just a question of who. I feel like we can put eight or nine guys, uh, a mixture of eight or nine guys out there right now in all five of those spots and mix and match it and have a solid group. But as always, we're always looking for the best five for each position that's going to be able to gel and give us the best production. All of So that doesn't mean the best left guard, the best left tackle. It's the best offensive lineman that can go and play this position. And that's why I don't pay attention to all the, the talk that's coming out of camp. Um, I pay attention to consistency and what's been proven. Uh, we know Steen coming from Vanderbilt, that's going to be a big help. But you got guys like uh, Cohen that's going to get healthy and get back in his spot. And, but until then, you got a six-year uh, guy in Randolph that's going to be able to cover that down. You got Dallin Court that is getting a, a fair opportunity while he's healthy to lock down the center position. If he doesn't, you know, Seth is coming off the bench with the energy. And on your right side, where we have most of our problems, we have so much potential and upside on the right side. Steven, I just I, I feel so confident about our season that um our hiccups are gonna come as, you know, eighteen point, you know, wins. You know, like like we were only winning by eight eighteen points, twelve points. Obama had a close game. Those that's the type of season we're gonna have, you know. And um they're gonna be talking about us if somebody rushes a hundred yards plus on us. You know, that's that's the type of season we're gonna have where it's gonna be such a dominant season with all the talent we have surrounding both sides of the ball and the staff that we got coming back. Steven, I hate it for college football, man. And I love it for Alabama. So um that's all I want to talk about today, Steven. I appreciate you taking my call. Roll tide in the chat, roll tide to the Blue Wrench game, and shout out to the T D A fan, man. Y'all keep doing what y'all do. Steven, I love coming back. Even when I don't catch these shows live, I love coming back and watching these shows, man. You guys are doing it big from recruiting to just up-to-date news and just a great insight of what's going on inside that football program, man. And uh, I really appreciate you guys, man. Keep it up and appreciate you, buddy. Take care.
Absolutely. Coach Smoke, Senator Hines, starting us off on Wednesday's show. We continue with calls. We grab this one. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. You're live on the show. Caller, state your name and where you calling from. Hey, Stephen. This is Kyle from Georgia. How you doing? Doing great, Kyle, and yourself. I'm doing pretty good. So I got a two-part right here. Um, the first one, the first one's kind of a joke. Um, is Stetson Bennett going to get Social Security benefits from UGA this year when he leaves, or or what? You, you know what? Like he, six, he, he, six he or might, seventh year. I'll, I'll say I'll say this, Kyle. He might get a, a fifth doctoral degree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two is got to do with Georgia again. You know, roll tide. All right. So. Everybody's talking about Nick Saban, making all these excuses. Oh, last year was a rebuilding year, all this and that and the other. So what, what's Georgia's excuse going to be this year? Oh, we didn't have that dynamic defense to tote us after um, South Carolina beat um, Tennessee and Mississippi State. I got them. I got them up three right there out the gate, three out the gate. They done. Those three teams going to get Georgia this year. That's my prediction. Well, that, that's probably take on that. That's probably Kyle going to be one, one of the excuses right there. Is you know, with Georgia lost a lot on defense, couldn't replenish it, or it could be a situation where they think you know we have all of these quarterbacks, but Kirby Smart is continuing to stay with Stetson Bennett. It could be either one of those in Georgia. So I got to listen to him, and I just tell him, uh, four and five star quarterbacks go to Georgia and die. That's just that's just my take on it. But roll tide, love your show. Keep doing what you're doing, and let's get it against Utah State. Roll tide. Absolutely appreciate Kyle from Georgia calling in. 17 days until Bama takes on Utah State and Brian Denny. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Hey, Stephen. This is Michael from Columbia, South Carolina. How you doing, bro? Doing great, Michael. And yourself. Good. Um, two things to talk about before I, you know, say what I have to say. I really enjoy, enjoy listening to the podcast, tuning in, Steve. I mean, you're great. I enjoy, you know, I come off from work, have hard days at work, but coming on this podcast, uh, watching this always brings, uh, always bring greatness to me and having um, to listen to this podcast, talk about Alabama football. I just want to get that off my chest. I appreciate that coming from you, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, but my question is, um, Nick Saban, I didn't catch Nick Saban's uh, press conference today, but did he say anything about the offense, the right receivers um, in particular? Uh, he did. He said the guys improved from the scrimmage. In the scrimmage, you know, Saban was disappointed that, you know, Alabama had some dropped balls from receivers. They picked it up this week in practice. Now they have dropped balls, so the hands are becoming more consistent. They're understanding what they need to do. Uh, I, I think the main thing Coach Saban wants to see is after Jermaine Burton, because he's talked a lot about Burton, the transfer from Georgia. After Burton, you know, who's the number two guy? You know, who wants to be that number two option for Bryce Young? And, it, and it's a lot of guys out there that could be that option. Ja'Cory Brooks can be it. Christian Leary can be it. Tyler Harrell can be it. You got guys that can be it. But who wants to take that number two spot behind Burton? And uh, and secondly, you know, I look at Alabama's schedule. You know, we start off with Utah State. You know, a lot of people talk about the Texas A&M game. 
uh, that should be kind of a marker there. But I'm, I'm interested to hear from you what you think about this. I do believe that if there's any game to really keep your eye on, it's the Arkansas game, the Razorbacks. To me, you know, I hear about you know, er, you know who they've gotten, who they brought in from the transfer with Yadon Hasselwood and all those guys. You know, what do you think, Steve? Who, I mean, in your mind, who do you see right now as a potential big game for Alabama? I know a lot of people talk about Texas A&M, but, Michael, I'm there with you with Arkansas. Sam Pittman has done so much quickly to change that program. You got a veteran quarterback back in KJ Jefferson. You got strong guys back on defense. Bumper pull, Drew Sanders, which they pull from Alabama out of the transfer portal. Arkansas's got a team, uh, and you go up to Fayetteville to play Sam Pittman and the Hogs. So that's a matchup you cannot sleep on. That's a matchup you can't take your eye off of. Appreciate Michael from South Carolina, those thoughts right there. But I, I roll with him with Arkansas. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, man, this is Peter from Jay, Florida. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a newer listener. I think I've listened like three times. Your show's awesome. Gets me pumped for the season, so thank you. Absolutely, man. This is what we do, man. We, we enjoy getting the fans pumped, getting the fans informed, and getting them ready. Yeah, cool. So one of your callers yesterday made a valid point, but I wanted to kind of ask your ask you a question about it too. So he he made the comment like, um, where are like um, like our guys in the middle that can really be game changers and just they break through the line, right? Like those big bulldozer nose tackles. Um, and I agree, like that's something that isn't as powerful. Um, Jaheim Otis, I think, is the real deal. But besides that, the past basically, I think, three or four years, you can argue that that really hasn't been uh, as much of a strength. My question was, with kickers going 360 here, Will Riker, do you know if he's the first scholarship kicker since Saban has been there? Haven't they all been walk-ons before him? Uh, in, in, in terms of kickers, Aside from Will Rocker getting the scholarship, I think I think the last scholarship kicker, I think it was Adam Griffith. I want to say Adam Griffith was the last one scholarship wise. So that hasn't been like consistent. Yeah, so I think okay. Will Reichert has been, uh, as far as scholarship kickers recently, he's been the most consistent. And I go back to 2020, the offense was so good that we forget about how perfect Reichert was in 2020. Yeah, and I think, again, this year, right, you can argue, like, he's not even really mentioned because he's just doing his freaking job. Um, but I think my point is, and the re- thanks for validating that, I think with the d- defensive linemen, and this is just a microcosm example, there's other parts you can kind of correlate. Saban evolves with the game, and that's what makes him so great, right? He, in the past, besides Griffith, um, like you were saying, hasn't given – scholarships to kickers so essentially if a will Riker, for example let's say happened eight years ago he's not going to get him because Riker knows he can get a full ride somewhere else now he's taking up it's just one scholarship but it is a scholarship so it's attention time and recruiting efforts and money towards different areas i feel like now um, and I think we have to, like, be mindful of that and give him credit. Again, Saban evolved with the game. I- I'm talking kicker. I understand that. But if you equate that, 
let's say that Saban said, you know, I want more speed on my DN, which he has changed that too. He's brought in a lot of speed rushes on the end. And, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit up the middle to get myself an assured three points. Like you said, Rikers lockdown. And I think they got another kid committed, correct me if I'm wrong, coming in after Riker now signed for next year um, as a kicker too. And again, that's just one example, but I think you can look around the field and even at quarterback, he had managers, McElroy, Matt Jones, McCarron. Yes, they were high recruits, but let's be honest, they weren't really as highly touted as Jalen, Tua, and some other guys. So I think, yes, he has to pick pick and choose, right? Like they all do, even though he's the greatest. So I just, I just wanted to comment on that, get your thoughts and, and I'll leave it there, but thanks, man. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Appreciate Peter from Florida calling in. Good, good stuff there from Peter. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? This is L. Terrence, originally from Mississippi, but I'm representing Texas, L. Town, Lufkin. What's on Hello? your mind, my man? Okay, I got a you know a few little things on my mind. Um, I know everybody is so set on Trey Sanders. There's nothing against Trey Sanders. He's put in his work. You know, hey, I think he's gonna get his time. But hey, it's a lot of people sleeping on Jason McCullough. This dude is nasty, man. I'm talking about he's oh he's a get and go gadget type of running back. I mean. People, to me, he reminds me a little bit more of, you know, Damon Harris, you know. He find a hole, hit it, and he's wide open to the house. Um, another thing, man, defensive line, I ain't hearing too much about Tim Smith. But Jaheim Otis and, and Jaleel Burroughs, man, I can't wait to see these. You've seen them when they were younger. They had dog in them. You've seen them during the summer, all the work that Otis has put in, he had some dog in him. He had some dog about him. And I just can't wait. I mean, I can't wait to see those boys. I, I think the interior pass rush on defense is going to be a bit better. Uh, I actually think Moody should be the middle linebacker and let's play Deontay Lawson at the other side. Um, that's just me, but I hear T still there. But I'm looking for Bama to cut up on defense this year, and I'm looking for the offense to look similar to that 2020 offense. That's just me, and I'm handing it back over to you. Roll tie roll. Absolutely. Appreciate Terrence for that call there. And just getting back to the defensive line. Coach Saban mentioned Tim Smith, too. He mentioned Otis. He's mentioned Tim Smith. He's mentioned, you know, Jamil Burroughs back in the spring. Bama's got depth on the line. Bama's got depth at nose tackle. It's the question U.S. fans are having is, who is that guy that can put us back in the mind frame of a Deron Payne, right? A Quinnen Williams, a Marcel Darius, a Jesse Williams, a Christian Barmore. Like, who's a guy that could put us all back in that mind frame? They don't necessarily have to be exactly like those guys because you're not going to be exactly like them. But who can get us back close to the mind frame of those guys? That's what you want as a fan. And in any, in any of those guys I mentioned, whether it's Burroughs, whether it's uh, Otis, whether it's Tim Smith, if they can put us back in the mind frame close to what Marcel Darius a Jesse Williams, a Quinnen Williams, a Deron Payne, a Christian Barmore, then we as consumers of college football are 100% cool with that. It's just which one of those guys can put us in the mind frame of the guys we have seen in the past that just ate up centers, ate up offensive guards, ate up up, uh, running backs, ate up quarterbacks, and made life easier 
on the defensive ends, the linebackers, and most importantly, the defensive secondary. But appreciating your calls coming in here, 205-448-1358. Keep those coming. Want to hear from you, 205-448-1358 here. And in my own words, we're getting to these topics now. And you know, the first one here, how about Jalen Milrow getting to, to the NIL compensation dance here of a sophomore quarterback from Texas lands his first NIL deal. He's a rollback athlete, rollback clothing, uh, rollback clothing, uh, the fashion apparel line. Uh, they do golf fashion. They do uh, all types of fashion. So uh, Milrow becomes the second Alabama player to ink a deal with rollback joining uh, junior outside linebacker Will Anderson. So kudos there to Jalen Milrow getting his first NIL deal. Also, Bryant-Denny Stadium. No more having the liquor in your purse. No more hiding the liquor in your boots. No more hiding the alcohol flask in your pocket. Why? Because the University of Alabama... Bryant-Denny Stadium will be serving alcohol for the games on Saturdays in the fall. It was announced in a 6-1 to voting by the, the legislature, 6-1 to voting in a, in, a, in, a, in a meeting, city council meeting, that Bryant-Denny Stadium is approved, has been approved to sell alcohol inside of Brian Denny. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to improve fan attendance. Maybe it will. Maybe, it, maybe it'll be something where more people in there, they see more of their favorite drinks being sold. Saban will not look at the stands and wonder, okay, why is half the lower bowl empty? Maybe we will not have that. Maybe this will improve or increase the amount of people staying inside the stadium, we shall see. But according to city council meeting, six to one rule voting, uh, Brian Denny, Alabama will be serving alcohol inside of the stadium. But we go to a break right now, folks. Don't touch that dial. When we return, uh, we look at the wide receiver position and get into more of uh, Yes, Jermaine Burton's receiver number one. But who do I feel like grabs that number two spot here opposite of him? We'll talk about it after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, you are flying with the TDA airplane. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys checking us out on the show. Hottest show on the streets, talking your Bama football news. Before we get into the final topic of conversation, got to remind you of TDAWare.com. TDAWare.com. As we're in fall camp, get yourself set up with your gear today supporting your favorite football program or if you want to you can wait to saturday september 3rd when the crimson tie opens the season against utah state and bryant denny to get the gear then but tdaware.com link in the description get all of your swag sauce drip fashion clothing cultural needs right here tdaware.com show that support to coach saban the University of Alabama, the student-athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But now we get into these Crimson Tide wide receivers. This is a conversation that a lot of you don't want to talk about, the Bama wide receivers. You graduate Jamison Williams, John Mechie, and Slade Bold into the NFL. So now it's, okay, uh, who do we have to look at for the upcoming season? Who does Bryce Young, uh, you know, who can Bryce Young trust to Get that ball to and you know, have those guys make those types of plays in the receiver in the receiving aspect. Well, you know, Coach Saban has been very high on Jermaine Burton since he arrived. And kudos to and kudos to Burton. I mean, uh, he's put Georgia behind him, the national championship at Georgia behind him. He's all about I want to win with this team. I love these guys. I want to help this team win. These guys have welcomed me in with open arms, no hatred, no animosity. You know, you know I honestly don't even remember that the national championship game, me being at Georgia. I'm just so focused on being with this team. All the right things coming from Jermaine Burton. And he's backing it up with consistent play on the field. Consistent hands, really good speed, strong routes. He's backing up his play. So when Coach Saban says, you're the most consistent guy, you got to figure, okay, this is wide receiver one. Bucket, this is wide receiver one, Jermaine Burton, doing what he's supposed to do. So, the question now becomes, okay, so who's behind him? Who's number two? In Alabama, there's always been that solid number two or that just as good number two guy behind the number one guy. It's always been that way. So, for Alabama, who's at number two in a sea of guys, whether it's experienced guys, transfers, freshmen, all competing, battling in this thing. And for me, I feel like, it's just my opinion, I think the number two guy is Ja'Cory Brooks. It was me personally. I think this is the number two guy right here. Christian Leary is really good, and he's going to get out there, absolutely. Trayshawn Holden working, trying to be that third or fourth receiver. Thayu Jones-Bell... I don't know where he's going to kind of fit in here. Hopefully he fits in here. And then you got the freshmen who have been having a great fall camp. Oh, also Tyler Harrell. Got to find a spot in here, you know, as well. But I'm, I'm going to go with Ja'Cory Brooks. And the reason why I'm saying Brooks is something that Coach Saban mentioned, right? He's got consistent hands. Got very strong routes. So remember 
Bryce Young talked about it last year. C7, Brooks takes his routes very seriously. You know, you want to know who else took their routes very seriously? Devontae Smith did. Corey Brooks takes his routes very seriously. He's got physicality at 6'2", 196 pounds. So he works as an outside stack on top of a DB type of receiver. Tough, very tough, highly competitive, extremely versatile. We saw against Texas A&M last year, blocked a punt that was recovered for a touchdown. Really like how Ja'Cory Brooks goes all out. And it's when, when Alabama recruits a freshman from South Florida, it just always works out right, doesn't it? When, when Bama recruits a freshman wide receiver from South Florida, it always pans out. I mean, Amari Cooper, 2012, you know, we saw that. Calvin Ridley, 2015, yeah, we, we saw that. Jerry Judy, 2017, hey, 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 we saw that. And, and you picked up Ja'Cory Brooks, 2021 class from South Florida, from Miami. And what does he do? You know, in the, in the Iron Bowl. You know, biggest game of the regular season at that point. You needed somebody to step up because, uh, you know, Jamison Williams got ejected for targeting. Earlier in that game, Ja'Cory Brooks makes two big catches, including a 28-yard touchdown. Tie the game at 10. And force overtime. Everybody out of Alabama win that game. And then in the good year Cotton Bowl against Cincinnati, he led the entire receiver room. Four catches for 66 yards, including a 44-yard touchdown. The guy sat next to Jamison Williams and John Mechie every day, soaking up energy. Soaking up knowledge and information and wisdom from both of those two. And when Alabama needed a big play, and either Mechie or Jamo were not on the field, went to Ja'Cory Brooks, who finished the season with 15 catches for 192 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I understand he still needs more game reps. I get it. Didn't practice in the spring because of a slight injury. I get it. He's back full go in fall camp. Really having a good fall camp. But I think he's the number two guy. I know I know you got these other guys on screen battling. Tyler Harrell, Trayshawn Holden, Christian Leary, Thayu Jones-Bell, Shaz Preston, uh, Kobe Prentice, Kendrick Law, Aaron Anderson. You got all of these guys. Isaiah Bond. You got all of these guys battling up here. All of these guys. You're going to be without JoJo Earl for six to eight weeks, but you got a lot of these guys battling up here. But I think Ja'Cory Brooks, because of the size, the toughness, the routes, the want to, the fire, the competitiveness, the young man wants to be great. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, NFL legend, future first ballot Hall of Famer, Larry Fitzgerald spoke to Alabama about a week ago. And do you know who got right with Larry Legend to gleam extra wisdom and get a picture with him? Ja'Cory Brooks. <laughs> Want to be great. Wants to be that guy. To uh, have that chemistry there and have that connection there with Bryce Young. This is a good problem to have, folks. Jermaine Burton, yes, won, but you got a lot of guys that want that number two spot. The question is who? I really like Ja'Cory Brooks. He wasn't really talked about much when he came in the 2021 class, right? A lot of a conversation went with J.I. Hall. You know, he's now at Texas. 
a lot of that conversation went to, you know, other guys, but Brooks put his head down, went to work. When his number was called upon, had big moments last year. I think this year he's poised for even even bigger moments. That's why I got him as my number two option behind Jermaine Burton. But we'll see what happens here. We got another scrimmage coming up here on Saturday. We will see what happens. But as always, Bama Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, entertainment. You can check this out by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Now, you download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. For your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. Got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I shall make my return on Friday, continuing the conversation that, that is Thai football. Remember, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent directly to your door. That link found in the description. If you're trying to get your hands on the fresh edition, print edition of TDA the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member or a subscriber today. That link in the description. If you're trying to get your hands on the four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys that we own fourthquarter.com that link in the description too but guys shout out my man justin smith the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for tda to come on here breaking down the 2023 class want to give a great shout out to you guys the outstanding fans of bama football you're just 17 days can you feel it can you feel the intensity 17 days from Alabama kicking this thing off against Utah State, but appreciate you guys, all the love, all the phone calls, all the donations making this your network platform channel and space to talk Bama. Also got to shout out my two outstanding producers in the room right now, John Ivory and Eli Walker, making this the great thing, the great show that it is. Hey, it's their world. I'm just living in it. But until next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands. Children continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored and get that schoolwork done. School back in here. I'll get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, and you've been listening to In My Own Word. 